thanks for joining in with April. And Nati. Now let's just, you know, relax and chat about a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's also beautiful. Yes. It's um hard to embrace sometimes, but we like to ignore it. Addiction. Addiction. <laughs> so how's your day been? Good. <laughs> Cold. I mean. It's been eventful. <laughs> yes. I miss it's my son. wintry mix. Yes. Added to the list of the yeah. Arkansas wintry mixness. I'm, s- yeah. How have you been with my your kids? Girl, my kids have been here for a week with nothing to do. Yeah, you can't even go outside because it's so damn cold. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to build a snowman out of ice? <laughs> you want to throw snowballs out of ice? <laughs> but for real, I mean, it's been like constant. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I, you know, just trying to move things around. We're trying to get used to this podcast life. Yep. Thank you for your patience. Our last video wasn't like the best, but we got such great feedback. Yeah, the introduction. Yeah. <laughs> it was what it is. I yeah. mean,. We're going to have to just put it out there for y'all and just take Raw. it a day at a time. Literally us. Exploited. Ex- you know, it's like, I mean, yeah. the text messages that I got was like, oh, girl, I can't believe you put yourself <laughs> out there like that. And it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't believe it either. But that is with growth. Yeah. So we are here and we are wanting, you know, to express ourselves even more. To let you know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. We're here with you. It's like hashtag let's be heard. Love that. Yeah, I know. I did it that other day, and I was like, this works. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Okay, so you got a little bit of us, and <laughs> now we want you to get a little bit of um, a different approach, which is letting our guard down because this camera thing is a real big thing. Like, yeah, no, it's not easy doing anything in front of a camera, even if you're doing it for yourself, because yeah. this is what we're doing. We're doing it for ourselves, but yet – the way that we've gotten so many people kind of react to what we're doing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's put a little bit of pressure. <laughs> but we're here. We're here. And we're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. Right. So how Natalie <laughs> mentioned, we are going to be discussing addiction. Bum, bum, bum. Addiction is a sensitive topic simply because there are still people struggling with addiction. Oh, yeah. In our lives. Mm-hmm. And we will be discussing, you know, a little bit about how we've gone around, you know, people that are addicted. Yeah. And the way that we felt addicted at any point. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) Me. I mean, no, I didn't mean that. (laughs) I meant like, you know, just addiction in general and speaking out about ourselves. Yeah. Letting you know, I mean, everybody, not everybody. But a lot of people go through it silently mm-hmm. and sometimes very loudly. And it's actually just surfaced. It was not planned. Yeah. It was something that we sat there and we were like, what should we discuss? And something that's really con- kind of sat in our hearts Yeah, is addiction. Like that's made us who we are is either somebody that was addicted to something caused us to be who we are now or maybe we were addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Today you shall find out. Let it be known. I feel like it always starts, like, for most people in their teenage years. Absolutely. It starts young. So when you're a teenager, you're full of emotions. Ooh. Full of them. <laughs> I don't know how many diaries I had when I was a teenager <laughs> girl. Like, I was, like, 
just writing my whole life out. I hate my Everything life. was the end of the world. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I'm never going to be happy again. This is the worst day ever. Yeah. And once again, we're not professionals. We're speaking <laughs> off of our own experiences. Yes. Off of what we've gone through and hopefully somebody can relate and just take mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. We're also not mothers of teenagers, so we don't know what you guys are going through. We've just been teenagers ourselves mm -hmm. and have been through it differently. And we want to put that on the platform. It's yeah. like we were once teenagers. Everybody was. Yeah. And so if you reflect on who you were as a teenager, you can almost kind of understand how they may be feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's where we're going with this approach. So let's start. Where to start? <laughs> I mean. As a teenager, Nat. As a teenager, I was somebody, I think I was very lost, full of anger. Mm -hmm. I know I was full of anger. But I always, like, hit that with, I guess, like, numbing it and, like. With substances. Laughing, yeah. Mm -hmm. So at one point I was honestly addicted to painkillers i loved it i did i did it to feel invincible to feel strong to feel like you can do anything to me and i'm not even gonna feel it so when it comes to painkillers because i'm not going to actually be very <laughs> experienced with any of you know that's okay and i won't be experienced with everything basically yeah. so i'm gonna be asking you those questions cool hi <laughs> what up girl <laughs> so with when painkillers is that more of a numbness a hundred percent well for me because i literally felt my body go numb and i think it's more so because i've went through surgeries at such a young age where i literally felt nothing but pain and i was prescribed it oh. but i never took them while they were prescribed and it was just like one day in my room i'm like going through my drawers and I'm like, oh, hey, I have these pills here. Let me try them mm -hmm. on my own. And I did. And I was like, I like this feeling. Like, wow. And I guess it's because, like, I didn't really have that much pain in me at that point. Mm -hmm. But to feel, like, the way, like, it just changed my body, like, the numbness. And it's like, whoa, what is this? So during the time that you were a teenager, would you say you were trying to numb something? Oh, yeah. Like, a lot? It was a lot of, like, who I was what I was becoming, what I was experiencing, what I was seeing, what I had seen, mm -hmm. and trying to understand it all, and I couldn't, because I was a young person. I yeah. mean, I... I but you had no sense of direction. No. No one was, like, actually trying to get you to understand. No, no. And at that point, it's like my parents were going through something in their own way, mm -hmm. and they were kind of lost in their own way. Yeah. So I couldn't expect them to help me. Mm -hmm. And I had to help myself, but I didn't really help myself the right way. And so I ended up doing, you know, I, I went down the wrong path. I did some bad stuff. You know, I tried to change it, but, you know, things happened. I ended up moving to Bronzeville with my real dad and my, my grandparents. And mm -hmm. living with them, I had such an easier access to pills. Oh, which wow. Because really they were good. older, so they had them, like, in their cabinets oh, and stuff. Yeah, a lot. Okay. And there was this one time where I literally... Went into my great grandma's cabinet, took her pills, and I just felt myself, I guess, just fading away. Mm. I faded away to the point where I woke up in the hospital because I guess I had overdosed. And my grandma was there, just crying and praying over me. And I'm like, 
what the hell happened like what what is going on i was so lost i was so confused i don't even really think she understood what happened at that point right but i did and it made me realize like what am i doing with myself yeah why am i doing this like i have my grandma here crying over me and she doesn't even know what she's like praying about so i feel like is that almost like the moment you reflected somebody does care about you yeah and i stopped i really did i was like yeah i'm never gonna do this again i have I was only 16 i had so much to live i had so much to like go through but and just setting things aside yeah you had already gone through a lot yeah <laughs> at such a young age yeah yeah, yeah. seeing a lot it and was your escape so at the same time like i don't think it was your time Mm-mm. you were being fought someone was fighting for you to stay alive oh yeah i felt you know, like with your with the way that you woke up and you saw your grandma there, like someone was fighting for you to stay alive. It was so weird. Like I will never forget her face. It was so weird. I was like, what? Like what the fuck is going on right now? Right. Yeah. And like, a lot of people don't get that. Mm mm. Mm mm. They don't get those people that actually care and they're alone. Stay by their side. Yeah. And it's it's like it's such a real thing to say. Like mm-hmm. you are alone sometimes, but you're really not. Mm-hmm. You have to open your eyes and see that there are people there. Yeah. You just have to accept it's it. It's very important. Yeah. And then going back to being a teenager, it's like, what do we think? What did you experience as a teenager? I didn't really try to experience too much. I was the one, I was the type of person that was like, I'm too scared. There's a lot of people like that, though. Mm-hmm. I was way too scared to try anything. But the thing that was stopping me from all of that was like the mindset of understanding that I have an addictive parent. Okay. My dad was an addict, and there's statistics, right? I am all about the statistics. Even then, I mean, imagine that. <laughs> Even then, I would reflect, like, my dad does all these things that led him to this. What makes me think that once I try it, I'm not going to enjoy it? Yeah. That's what it was for me. Like, I knew I would enjoy it because I did have a lot to numb as well. Mm-hmm. Like, anybody, right? Yeah. Um, but during that time, it was like I had a lot of reasons to be that person, but I had like a guardian angel almost. Self-control and a protector. Mm-hmm. That's pretty big. And I did experience weed. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't perfect. I did experience weed. And then after I experienced that, it was like a lot of my friends were experiencing other things. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to keep away from it. I was like, no, no. Or even Trino would be like, because I was with him even then, he would be like, no, you're not going to like it. So there was a lot of peer pressure situations. Mm -hmm. And I get it whenever teenagers say, like, I was peer pressured. Somebody put it in my face. Like, they wanted me to try it. So I did, yeah. Yeah, so you end up trying it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I was put in a situation where... I had someone almost like speaking for me yeah which was my husband now yeah and I'm very grateful for that but there's still a part of me that says you haven't experienced enough and that's what's led me now to what I will surface later okay um but listening to Natalie I'm in no judgment (laughs) because I'm still not a teen mom. Like, I still haven't been a mom to a teenager. Oh, so what makes yeah. me think that my kids are not going to turn out that way? 
That's such a scary thing to think. You know? <laughs> it is. And it's a fearful thing for parents. Yeah. Like they don't want their children to experience these drugs. They don't want them to be able to feel that numbness, so then they just want to be numb for the rest of their lives. It mm-hmm. is a fear, but you also have to think about how you're speaking to your children. That is very big. You have to really, I mean, as hard as it, it is to be open and honest with them, mm-hmm. I feel like that's very big. Like, I'm thankful my parents were very open and honest with me, and I did see the raw version of them, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I accepted them. It, it wasn't perfect, you know? They, they've had their flaws. They did their mistakes, but if it wasn't for their mistakes and their flaws, I think I probably would have done worse or been yeah, worse. 100%. Honestly. Like, we do have to also be thankful for our parents yeah. in a way to recognize those situations. And that's so, it's really hard to do sometimes mm-hmm. because we do blame them. You're the reason why I'm like this. Right. I, I did this because of you, but. I mean, you still have a decision. Yeah. You are always going to have a right from wrong Because they're learning, too, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the answers. You turn 21, you don't have all the answers. 18, you don't have all the answers. 30, you don't even have all the answers. They're and learning. Yeah, and then there's some kids, like, my mom always told me, be careful, because your dad is an addict. <laughs> my mom wasn't an addict, you know, to anything, but yeah. she's been in different experiences yeah. where she's seen it. And, for instance, my dad... He loved weed. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's what he was addicted to because it wasn't just that. Yeah. But that's where people get. That's where people say it starts there. It's like a, a gateway drug. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get, they like to categorize marijuana because of the fact that it starts there. It starts there, but then it leads to some more. Because then after you feel the marijuana's effect, you want deeper and more and more and more yeah and that is a part of it like Mm -hmm. a part of trying drugs and getting into that deeper depth Mm -hmm. um but for my dad it was like he would go into a room and then he would get out and he was a whole completely different person happier like how was that happening as a child that's how i'm trying to understand it yeah it's like how is my dad being so mean and aggressive and now all of a sudden coming into this like whole different attitude dude completely different Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what kind of followed me all these years to where when i started smoking weed it was like i get it my dad had so many issues that were unresolved he had so many things that he was bottling up so much past drama that he was wanting to numb that he was using this as a mechanism Mm mm-hmm and when it would work, it would work. And when it didn't, it did not. Yeah. And that's what leads to more and more surfacing of, <laughs> let me try a different drug because this is already, like, it just don't it's not it. giving me the long-term effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, My dad was, my real dad was addicted to multiple things as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I genuinely saw marijuana as something that helped him. Mm-hmm rather than you know caused harm yeah because the way you said like he would go into a room you know in his garage or whatever that's it yeah that was the garage for us too (laughs) and he would come out and was like hey mija let's go eat and i'm like okay all right and you were just throwing a tantrum Mm -hmm. five minutes ago all of a sudden you're better but then it's like when it wore off and then another substance would come into play it was like a completely different person it was like i was getting at one point i thought he had like multiple personalities i'm like dude like right 
like who am i getting like like i don't like i don't understand how to approach you i don't understand how to talk to you and we are young at this point we're our kids and it's like how do you talk to someone and you're like visualizing it you're like understanding it at such a young age like what like, what's going on here mm-hmm. but you do this one thing and all of a sudden i can talk to you and you're the person that i really want you to be yeah because it is mm-hmm. like for me it was that it was like oh i just want you like this all the time and being a child you want to carry that on so then whenever you're introduced to it it's like well my dad was a better person when he did it <laughs> you know yeah it was kind of that reflection um but it leads back to being a teenager and just not knowing right from wrong mm-hmm. we rebel mm-hmm. as teenagers as much as we don't want to admit it and if like you feel like you're not seeing your teenager rebel well then they're hiding it from you Absolutely. or then maybe you have that one perfect teenager which congratulations i i really hope that's happening honestly we're really good at hiding stuff and because we have either like such strict parents or we have parents who don't understand or we have parents who are not able to talk to it's like well then you go somewhere else and you try to find your connection with them and sometimes that's drugs yeah and it's unfortunate but majority of the time basically what we're trying to break down is that your child just wants to be heard talked to spoken to like a human yeah they're not, we're not dumb. Yeah, we may not understand, but we're not dumb. And whenever people say, like, I just don't understand them, it's like, you were a teenager once. Explain it to them a different way. Show them. I mm-hmm. don't know. Just, like, It's do a whole more. different era sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but most of the time, you understood how you felt when you were a teenager. Yeah. But you can kind of take a moment back and sit down and say, you know what? It really sucks being a teenager. The whole fucking <laughs> world feels like it's falling apart. <laughs> And everything, everyone and everything is against you. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it surfaces back to childhood trauma. Which is very hard to accept sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because with the, like, doing drugs and, like, experience things, you're numbing that, forgetting that part. Mm-hmm. But once you get older, it's like, it all comes back to you. It exactly. really does. You don't forget it. It stays there. And it's not just drugs. Yeah. It's alcoholism. Oh, yeah. It's the way that some people can may not know how to control themselves when they drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you're drinking, you're reacting ten times the person that you are. Like the way they say, like sometimes like when you're on alcohol, the truth comes out. The mm-hmm. real you comes out. But then that just makes you like realize, okay, well, when this person's not on alcohol, what are they really feeling inside that they're bottling up? keeping from everybody else that when they are drinking on a substance or whatever it comes out why why do they feel like they cannot talk to anybody why do why do we put up a guard where we can't listen to them Mm -hmm. at some point that's exactly it because you're numbing something Mm -hmm. and you're not letting it out and nobody's asking you no no one is asking you like what is it that's causing you so much pain Mm -hmm. like can i help you yeah and at the same time, it's okay that nobody asks because, I mean, not everybody has somebody. Yeah. You then have to find your inner self and ask yourself. And then it's also like pride mm-hmm. where you want to figure it out on your own. And then it's like comes to like realization like I, sometimes you can't. Right. Sometimes you do need somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to admit. That's why you're like, you know, you have like a partner or you have like a family member or even like a mentor. If you could just have that one person to confide in, just keep on doing it. Yes. Release it. Release it. Because I feel like I 
kept a lot of stuff in as much as I tried not to. Even to this day, I do struggle even, like, talking about it. And it will come out sometimes mm-hmm. when I least expect it. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, then I have to, like, work and, like, talk that out. But, you know, it's you're always still learning, like I said. It's you not are. easy. Don't be hard on yourselves. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, we are just all human at the end of the day. And we have our own paths and our own timings for everything. Mm-hmm. So, away from the teenage addiction... We wanted to speak on family addiction. And have you seen any family members go through, like, an addiction? I mean, yeah. I've seen my dad. I haven't seen, you know, like, the deeper, you know, addictions, as in, I would like to say, heroin, crack, okay. fentanyl. Okay. Those are pretty deep. Yeah. They're pretty deep. Um, But I've seen addiction in my family in family members and it's unfortunate but the thing is is it goes back to that trying to understand this person yeah trying to get to understand like what is hurting them really like thought about it and i still do not know i i mean what would the child version of you think about you now i think it's because the child version of me was such an innocent soul yeah that endured so many things that she shouldn't have mm-hmm. that it makes me sad yeah i i think i would be disappointed mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds i think i'd be very disappointed i mean that's truth yeah it is it is that's truth right and there. i'm okay with that because in that like makes me realize okay well then what is it that you need to change exactly and so what at the time when i asked myself that i was disappointed too yeah i was like no this isn't something that you should be doing like how you look at somebody if you envy them if you you think about them a lot or if you feel like oh my god like you're doing so great it's like just to realize there is a lot of stuff you do not see mm-hmm. even behind closed doors because that's like a whole nother thing it's inside of you. What Everybody you do, struggles. Yeah, you do not see it. And I think we've just been so accustomed to, like, shaking it off, just going on, moving on, okay, whatever, another day, new me, or, like, you know, fake it till you make it stuff. It's not going to take the first time to really give up something. It's not going to take it the second time. It takes, like, over ten times, sometimes mm-hmm. at a point, for them to really give up really realize what they're doing with their lives but even then sometimes it takes people 20 times and addiction longer. isn't even drugs sometimes no addiction can be relationships mm-hmm. addiction can be alcoholism that got dun, deep dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that got deep <laughs> if you're still here watching us throughout this like hectic deep emotional conversation thank you you know thank you for still being here hold on we're not done (laughs) (laughs) like share subscribe whatever you want to do just hold on tight well i mean like look how far medical cannabis has came yeah it's really grown to the aspect that like you know it's legally medical Mm -hmm. here yeah not recreational yeah (laughs) 
but it's medical here that mm-hmm. means there are definitely what statistics studies shown that medical marijuana does help you out some sort of way yes in a medical aspect yeah so going into that it's more um i'm more comfortable speaking about it that's good yes compared to where you were a long time ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah or even just a couple years ago yeah just the understanding that everyone does seem to do it And it's okay. It's not for everyone. No. Because no. there is people that have told me that they just, they can't. Yeah. They get too paranoid. Yeah. They get to an extent where they cannot relax. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But also, this episode may not be for you. <laughs> it has showed us different perspectives. Mm-hmm. There has been a stigma on it for so many years where it is only justified for getting people high. Has been justified for you know stoners for people that are just in the corner lazy they don't do anything with themselves mm-hmm. they just couch potatoes and they just throw their lives away which is I mean it could be for some people but it's that's not really the case yeah it's only if you really let yourself but that also goes back to alcoholism yeah like where is it that you can kind of categorize both of these at the same area uh-huh. and say like alcohol alcohol is any better than marijuana yeah it's just it is what it is and it's how you take it and that goes to tolerance in general Mm -hmm. i mean you take a shot here that shot's gonna affect you differently from whenever you take like four or five shots in a row it's like well that's a huge difference Mm -hmm. but then you take four or five shots like every day it's like okay you build your tolerance you build your tolerance to that point where it's like after a couple days of taking multiple shots you take one shot it's not gonna affect you the same right and you're going to need, thing. like, double the shot exactly. in order for you to feel what you did with in previously. And the same thing goes with, you know, marijuana. You take a hit, and then you take multiple hits, multiple hits, multiple hits, and it comes to the point where it's like that one hit mm-hmm. doesn't hit you the same as it did. And it's like you build a tolerance to those things. I just think the stigma on marijuana is way too heavy. And that, that has to do with, like... The way that we portrayed it when we were younger and kind of how it was portrayed to us. Like, have you seen those commercials where it was like, marijuana kills? No. You haven't? I haven't. (laughs) They're so stupid. But it's like, that's not just marijuana. That's Mm -hmm. like everything. And it's like, I think it has a lot lot to do with yourself. With who you are as a person. And how you handle substances and And things. Where you are in life. Yeah simply because if you are in a very broken down situation like yeah. and you're smoking weed you're just really kind of numbing it oh yeah so you have to look at your circumstances and also look at the outcomes of what marijuana can perceive in your life mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if it's going to numb something then you're not using it for the right reasons yeah my mom's seen that with me she's definitely seen me go to school and mm-hmm. still function and get my good very 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 good grades that i've had go to work and see me achieve higher in my job mm-hmm. and i did that all you know medicated high and she would have never really thought that i could do that and i showed her that i could mm-hmm. that i function very very well it has to be presented in a different manner kids are smoking marijuana but yet they're over here fucking with fentanyl oh my God. and dying Don't but you're mad at marijuana me. yeah it's so much more than that it's way more than that yeah don't do fentanyl. If I really had to advocate for something, it would really be like, don't do fentanyl. It kills my killer. It's so sad. <laughs> and I love, I if you know me, I am obsessed. Obsessed. 
and it just like it's a beautiful soul yeah and it just hurts that like that one little drug can really take something so great from the world and Mm -hmm. it can take you away too Mm -hmm. and you don't even realize it so just at the end of the day we're trying to say is stop portraying marijuana as the freaking devil (laughs) because there's so many more demonic things around this world yeah and just be careful with what you do make sure you are in like the most safe and comfortable surrounding and environment that you possibly could be in don't take anything from someone you don't know that is very important don't ever try anything that someone is saying to try because it made them feel good because you don't know if it's going to make you feel good you don't have the same mindset as somebody else no yeah but at the same time we're i mean i keep saying that at the same time why do i always stick to the same (laughs) fucking word take a shot every time she says that (laughs) what i'm trying to say is that to each their own and we're not here to tell you what to do. No. But we're here no. to tell you our past experiences, what led us into these certain scenarios and situations. But at the same time, you make the best of your life. Yeah. And hopefully our advice helps you. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, maybe this is something that like a parent, a spouse, a, a friend has not told you before. But at least you've heard it from somewhere. And maybe it's been from us. Yes. And we just really want you to know that. If you ever have a question about anything, ask us. Yeah. Ask, ask, ask the person you are confiding in or, or, you know, if you feel like you cannot confide in anybody, well, they confide in us. Just, you know, that you are not alone, please. And that anything you want to do, that's okay. Just make sure you are safe. Absolutely. And if you need Delilah's text messages, she, like, lets everybody in her family know when there is something that's happened with drug relation because she's very cautious about that situation. That's good. Mm -hmm. As to, like, how much in the younger society, in the younger generation, it's, like, skyrocketing Mm -hmm. on how much drug use they've done. It's, like, at least 50% of teenagers try things. And it's because it's, like, maybe, like, easier accessible. So much more of it going around. So much fake shit going around. It's it's a lot. It's definitely different now. It is. We may be judged right now for mm-hmm. what we're saying. But you're being honest, and I'm being honest, right? I feel like I am. And that's important to put out there, right? And honestly, if we were to, like, tell you guys the truth, we re-recorded this four times. Because of how much truth has came out. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to put that out there. But it's also, I think, a very important part that a lot of people hide. Absolutely. And we don't want to hide. Nope. And It's, it's, a, it's, it's real. Yeah, and we're going to be judged, but fuck it. Embrace, and there's so many people out there in our same situation mm-hmm. that probably feel the same way. I'm literally saying, I don't give a fuck. Like this is me. Like I have to. There's there's a part of me that wants to come out, and I'm telling her to shut up. Damn. But is that more you that's watching, that's judging me right now, that's yeah. stopping me, or is it me being my true self? Don't hide. I'm not gonna hide anymore. You can't hide anymore. <laughs> Uh, okay <laughs> oh, so yeah. we are who we are mm-hmm. and take it as you please if you can relate cool if you can't 
We might cool. never get jobs after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's not the plan. That's not the goal. Yeah. Take it. And if you need any assistance whatsoever, please contact someone. 1-800-GET-HELP. Just something, please. <laughs> no, there's a lot of... There's I mean, a lot of resources that can assist you during these difficult yes. times. If for some reason you have a child that is going through addiction, that is going through phases in life where mm-hmm. you just don't know what to do, speak out. There are hotlines. And as much as people like, I don't know, I feel like I was somebody who didn't take hotlines serious. Yeah. And I actually reached out a couple times to them. Mm-hmm. And they're there. They're real. They're free. And they help. And I, I mean, as somebody who's probably never really told anybody about that i have called multiple hotlines and i have gotten help there you go and it's there if you feel like you can't reach out to somebody that you know reach out to a stranger that is okay absolutely that is okay step one is realization (laughs) realize that you are putting yourself in the situation once you do that step two Mm-hmm. let's go and let that whatever you want step two to be you take it because mm-hmm. everybody's steps are different everyone we go through things differently we heal through things differently we suffer through things differently but you overcome them and i was trying my hardest not to be so serious guys <laughs> <laughs> like it was so hard the mom I- april coming out like yes i yes. wanted to be like the funny outgoing podcast yeah that's like hey yeah come hang out with us but yeah it's just not happening but i think that's like we're experiencing it with one another mm-hmm. we have to like open up yeah. for them to really see how we are once again i don't know understand. anything about you yeah you don't know anything about me and I we're learning like, yeah there's a lot of walls that need to be broken down in order for us to be able to express yeah. our true selves oh yeah really episode 10 i won't shut the fuck up there you go <laughs> by episode 10 natalie won't shut up you have to be like you know hold the cue card negative sign natalie yes <laughs> something like that so if you next episode mm-hmm. obviously we've already kind of filmed it like i mentioned mm-hmm. we didn't want to put ourselves out there yet because it's a little bit exploited this is a prequel we right want to see how you react to this. Yeah. If you react well, we'll put it out pasa. there. Yeah. A ver qué pasa después. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're so glad that you guys are still here and that you're still listening to this nonsense. <laughs> Hecticness, craziness, chaos. Please keep us updated on what you want us to speak about. And I once again, if you have anything that you feel will help anyone out there send it into us let us know please do we want your voices to be heard we want your stories to be heard you know if you've healed through something how did you heal through it yes tell us that's the only way that we're going to keep this platform active is being able to interact interact with the people that are listening yeah but at the same time being able to understand that we're all human yeah we all make mistakes. We're all judged at the end Nobody of the day. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. Like, if you think that way, please really readjust your mindset. 
something really negative went through my mind right now when you said that. What? If you think that way, I was like, me? No. <laughs> like, if you think negatively, yeah. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Okay. Thank you so much for listening till the end. Yes. Yes. Please let your voices be heard. Let us know any stories, any healings, any traumas, anything you have been through that you want somebody else to go and know that, hey, I'm right here, right by you. Tell us. Yes. Please let us know. And we're just trying to be as real as possible. It's kind of hard. It is. It's actually really hard. I'm proud of you. As real as possible. Proud of you. You're doing it. Thanks. I'm proud of you too. (laughs) Hit us up. Let us know. Until then, we'll see you at the next episode. Bless Bless up. up.